Hey, welcome back to the CA Power Players Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Askins. I am here hanging out in my studio in Springfield, Missouri. I got a special guest today talking everything telesales will possibly be one of, maybe confidently be, our best interviews ever. Please welcome from Thousand Oaks, California, with Tailored Legacy, Dana Neeson. What's up, Dana? How are you? Hey, Cody. I am good. I am so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. I've, I've been, I've heard of your name for years. I've been seeing your stuff online. Um, you have a very large telesales operation, putting up a bunch of business. It's so impressive. I get so many questions about telesales and, and like how to do that, how to operate that. People are always asking how to start call centers or, you know, people are like, hey, you can't sell life insurance over the phone. I'm like, I don't know that I agree with that anymore. You know? <laughs> What do you, you don't think agree that? with that? Oh my goodness. I mean, when I got into this business, there was no way I would even consider field sales. Yeah. And that's just coming from someone that um, has a 20 year background of only doing telesales. So yeah. it doesn't really matter what the product is. I'm only doing it over the phone. I love that. Yeah. And what I meant was I, I don't agree with the person that says you can't. Right? Oh, I'm it's, sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. Th th this does not have to be a debate show. Okay. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. I think yeah. it's a phenomenal way to sell the phone. I think it's awesome. I think it's something that people should be doing a lot more as we have like some guests walking through our office, waving in the, in the studio uh, as they're walking by. Um, Telesales. Okay. So, so like you, like you said, you have been doing, you know, you've been doing that forever. You've been, how, how long have you been in insurance? Two and a half years. Okay. And Talk through like, how did you end up in insurance? What did that look like? You know, like walk through your journey a little bit. I ended up in, in insurance simply because my, in my last career, I was kind of given an ultimatum with uh, the company that I was with. They, they were actually bought out by a Fortune 500 News Corp. And they took all the top agents and managers that were making a lot of money there. And they said, here's your new comp plan. You can either sign it by Friday or you'll have a um, farewell package for you on Monday. <laughs> really? It was after seven years of being there. So I'm Ooh. not a job hopper. I don't ever think the grass is greener. Like I just maximize the opportunity where I'm at. Yeah. And um, I was not willing to take that kind of pay cut for the value that I could provide. So I left and um, I literally was starting from scratch and I came across... Um, an advertisement for final expense insurance um, mm. through like ZipRecruiter or Indeed or just something like that. And that kind of piqued my interest. And that just kind of started my journey into exploring the opportunity for final expense. And that was really the only road I ever went down. I never explored anything outside of that. And were you naturally good at final expense telesales? Um, I think I was to a certain extent. Um I, I, I probably say I, from the get go, I had about a 20 to 25% conversion rate from the beginning. Um, slowly got that up to maybe like a 30 ish percent conversion rate over the phone. These are, and I'm talking about actual conversations Yeah, yeah. Um, that I would convert into a sale. Um, and then at one point I decided to invest into very heavily into a formal sales training and that just propelled my conversion rate. I'm not even kidding to like 80% Ooh. of all conversations over five minutes, it was ending in a sale. And that's now how I teach my team how to sell. And, uh, um, and we're very successful at doing it. 
is that the um is that the really the number that you're choosing to track is like okay if we can get once we get to five minutes what percent if we the call lasts five minutes what percentage are we closing from there is that like a yeah we have a lot of different things we measure um we'll look at what's happening in the first five minutes to see if people need help in being able to have a conversation and engage the customer to pique their curiosity yes but really if something is going to last more than five minutes then someone's interested and that's what we really determine as far as your kind of cost per sale and your conversion rate overall. Yeah. Um, okay. So you started out and you started making some sales. What did the first, what, what did these last, like you had to summarize these last two and a half years from like start to finish of like, okay, I'm getting in it. I'm selling. I'm eventually selling a bunch and then I'm building and you know what I mean? What does that, what does that look like? It's a freaking roller coaster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you really could not describe it anything other than that. And it has been, it has been the most fascinating experience. This industry is crazy mm. to me. Um, I think I told you once on a, on a phone call that, you know, I got into it. The industry felt so big and only being in it for two and a half years now, it is really small. Yeah, it is. You know, everybody knows everybody. And um, and the more that I'm in it, just the more that I want to help um, agents become better, stronger, more sophisticated salespeople by having an actual process that they follow. People just don't have a process. That mm. They're just lacking. Yeah. And so how important is that? That like, um, do you think that's a big reason why agents fail? Absolutely. Yeah. A lack of process. I mean, you know, there's definitely multiple reasons why agents fail, but um, you can have all the opportunity in the world. You can have endless leads and have conversations all day long. You can't just rely on the ones that were already ready to go. Yeah. You know, you have to have a process that takes you from start to finish and it's duplicatable and teachable. Mm. Every single time without failure, I pretty much tell my team that I could stack all of my conversations. If you were to look at my sales recordings and you were to stack them on top of each other, they would be identical. The only thing that changes is the customer's experience. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's cool for you to hear you say, because most people think that like every call's different and I just ask different stuff and I just like jump on and see how the conversation goes. And I just- randomly say stuff for an hour. You know what I mean? Like that's it what people couldn't be more that. opposite. Could yeah. not be more opposite. I mean, the only reason a question should come out of your mouth is because you're trying to get a specific answer from your customer. Mm. You're actually controlling the entire conversation from start to finish. Your customer only thinks they're participating in it, but yeah. really you're just dictating what answers you want to get in order to know where to go next. Absolutely. I love that you said that. Yeah. You, yeah. I can tell you are a phenomenal telesales trainer already thank you just from these and i've heard it i've heard it for years but these last few minutes <laughs> I've already proved it right which right. is awesome um i also know that like y- y'all don't work with everyone you turn a lot of people away you know and that you, you know your system is is right for the right people you know um i respect that you know like i think that's cool and i think it's important we definitely don't just throw agents to the wall to see who sticks and just try to grow like that. Um, otherwise, you're just going to have a bunch of people that do nothing. Yeah. Um, so my process is a little different. When someone wants to contract with us, anybody can get a contract, right? As well, as long as they're in my territory, right? Right. 
Then they have to go through my virtual training that we've created. And then at some point during the training, they actually have to stop and schedule a role play with me. And that role play with you, with me. Ah, are they, um, what are they thinking? Are they nervous? Are they freaking out? They're always nervous. And, you know, I tell everyone, I don't expect perfection ever. Um, what I do expect is for someone to show up prepared because Mm. everything you need to know to pass the role plays in your training, you show up prepared, you understand kind of what the script is, is asking for. You understand the quoting system. You understand what the health questions mean, how to quote me correctly, offer me options that are really relevant to my situation and overcome an objection, right? You got to get me to say yes. And, um, I would say at this point we're passing about 50%. And how long is the role play typically? We we have a little chat for about 10 or 15 minutes first, see if there's any questions that need to be answered. And then the rest of it is about 35, 35 40 minutes. And then I'll give them some feedback at the end. Um, That's cool. I'll know right away if someone needs more work or they haven't passed, I'll pretty much have to stop them. Um, mm. I won't let them go through the whole thing. What will, what will you typically stop them for? Like what will stand out? Uh, they're just all over the place. They're skipping questions. They're not probing. Yeah. Why do not, we, yeah. Go ahead. Why do, we, why do we do that? Why do we do what? Let's just skip questions and like, just, you know what I mean? Just jump in in situations and just like, just. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really great question, Cody. If I had the answer, I would definitely be telling you what that was, but I'll, I mean, and it's multiple questions. Like, why yeah. did you skip that? You know, you have to go back. And if I'm saying that over and over again, that's a really good sign that, that someone might not be a good fit. Yeah. Do, do you look at, um, like in our office, we look at, we, we really analyze early on initially coachability, attitude, and just doing the job, right? And just getting sure. in, the, in the trenches and doing the work. Um, what, do you, what are you looking for during that first initial live role play? Um, like they're hired, but you're not letting them on the phones yet maybe? They are hired in the, in the fact that they have a, an agent number through the carrier, through Lincoln, but they are not hired to be on the team. Mm. So, and they, they're aware of that. That's in the training that, that it's not a guarantee. I mean, we provide free leads and free transfers and I need to protect the investment Wow. I need to make sure that their leads are going to be converted. And I also want to make sure it's a good experience for the agent. And, um, and I'll be honest with them. If I think they're not ready, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to risk the investment and then risk what I already know is going to happen. Yeah. That love, that's so freaking incredible. Like you're making sure they're prepared. You're making, you're making sure they spend time with you. Like so many people just throw people to the wall, like you said, but also just throw them on the phones and like go sell. And then they don't sell and they're like, ah, they're never going to make it freaking they're terrible. You know, whatever. Um, (laughs) Like you're, you're really, you're taking this like super serious, right? Super I mean, serious. It's a business. And I won't take it more serious than they do. And that's, that's my platform. And it's one thing that all yeah. the agents on my team know. If I start taking your career and your success more serious than you do, mm-hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to make sense long-term. I can already say, I can already tell you our audience is going to be jumping in comments like a freaking love Dana Neeson. <laughs> you have to have her back. We haven't even you finished this episode yet. I, I definitely have some haters. <laughs> well, okay. So, so I mean, okay, that's a good point. So if you think about it, someone would hate you or me or anybody else. Um, jealousy, right? They're more success. You're more successful than a bunch of people. Kudos to you. 
Um, maybe you kicked them out of role play because they were terrible and they got offended, right? Well, that means they weren't good enough at the, yet. But you're technically, you, you know, what I love love about what you do already is you are doing someone. I believe everyone's doing someone a disservice if they allow them to just go beat their head against the wall and do the wrong thing. You're actually doing them a service by felling them. You know. I think that's a really good point. And um, I've actually never said that to someone that I haven't passed, but I think I might start actually saying that. It's All very right. good. It's like Cody. Dude. <laughs> I, I, that, I, I, that's an honor. Like, hey, Dana's going to use something long <laughs> nugget from Cody in a future role play. That's cool. But you know, the uh, training doesn't stop there, right? The training doesn't stop at the role play. I expect yeah. that the training continues. And that's why I've pulled myself off the phones completely. Mm. It's going to do, it's going to do my team no good if I'm never available for them. Yeah. Right. So we have, we have a sales meeting every Monday. We have training group training every Wednesday night. And then my calendar is wide open for anyone on my team to schedule 60 minute one-on-ones with me. And we'll listen to your calls. We'll identify maybe some deficits in your sales process, what you're doing or not doing that's causing sales resistance with your customer, where you've created holes that are going to come back and bite you at the end. I mean, I can pretty much identify in the first eight minutes of a call um, how to sell someone. And that's really where I'm trying to get my team to be. That's cool. What do you look for so that you know within eight to 10 minutes of how you're going to sell someone? Um, well, I, I need to know why they inquired. Um, I need to know if they already have insurance. I need to know if prior to getting on the phone with me today, have they spoken with anyone? And if so, mm. you know, what have they found and why have they not purchased? Um, I want to know what expenses they need to take care of. Um, and even if it's outside of funeral, that will, that information will allow me to make recommendations to them when I get to that point outside of just my narrow, you know, one product item that I offer. Yeah. I need to know who it's for. I need to know if they've thought about what would happen if they decided not to do anything at all. I need to know if there's a plan B and do they want that plan B to be there or do they really want the insurance instead? So Basically, we need to be on the same page. There's no, there can be no guessing when you get to the end, when you're giving quotes. There's, it's, not about, it's not about if, it's about how much. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you're good. This is phenomenal. This is awesome. Um, you also said one word a bunch already. You've said the word, I expect a lot. And I- Did I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that because you're setting the proper expectations with your team, you know, like you are letting people know, here's how you work with us. And when you're spending thousands of dollars a month on leads and transfers for your agents, as you said earlier, why wouldn't you? Right. And ultimately I can't force anybody to do anything, right? We're all still independent contractors. We're all Mm -hmm. adults. All I can do is pave the path and give the roadmap for how to have success. But ultimately I can't force somebody to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. You can't. Um, do you believe that a lot of people fail because they have too many options and they don't have a go-to option for clients and they think that they just need all these different tools in the tool belt? Do I think people fail because they have too many options? Yeah. So a lot of people think like, I got to, you know, I got to be freaking contract everybody and I got to, you know what I mean? You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? Like they just need think they need to have all these different options and carriers and products and like, you know what I mean? They, they, um, I think that if I was independent, if I was a broker and I had multiple products and multiple carriers, I would make it a point to 
understand the ins and outs of every single thing I offer and my discovery doesn't change, yep. right? I'm still trying to figure out what's important to the customer and based on what the customer's needs and wants are, we'll determine what I'm going to recommend to them. So I think ultimately that would make you even stronger if you had the opportunity to sell more than one product. I, I happen to just really love final expense. I have yeah. I have friends and colleagues that are in other companies at other IMOs that I actually send referrals to sometimes where I cannot yeah. help them. So uh, actually, no, I think that it would probably be even better for people if they had more than one product. That's an interesting, unique answer. I like it. Yeah. Thank you for that take. Uh, and what would you say is from all the agents you've seen, what's some of the major reasons why they would struggle with telesales in your experience? Um, well, uh, am I answering the question for people on my team or just in general? Uh, just in general. Okay. Well, lead volume is number one. The so reason, good. the reason that I started this team with Adam at Tailored Legacy is because I knew having a huge background in telesales that buying 30 to 50 leads a week is a road to failure. Mm. Even buying a hundred leads a week is not enough. And most agents cannot afford the volume of leads that it requires in order for you to be successful because we have answer rates. We have bad leads. Yeah. We have bad phone numbers. We, we, there's so many things that are stacked against you when you're talking about a model based on leads and volume is going to be the most important thing over anything else. Mm. So they're not, they're not getting enough leads, but so when their upline is saying you're not having you're not buying enough leads, you're not having enough conversations, that's true. But it's true to a point because ultimately if you have the right sales skills in place, you don't need as many leads to be successful because you're going to be able to have the skills to engage people into a conversation and to get them to make a decision to say yes and get them out of their own way. Yes. But volume is more important than anything just because you're not going to get a hold of everyone. Yeah. So you have to play the numbers. I want to comment on that before we move to other other reasons. Um, I could not agree more. Most That's normally something that does not come up when I ask that question, like ever. But, but I think it should come up more. Uh, we did the Ultimate Agent here last week, the, the reality show. And yeah. we had um, seven contestants. The final three sold over. They were between fifteen and 22000 for the six days. That's and awesome. One of them had only been selling 18 months. One had been selling, just started selling like that Monday was his first <laughs> time selling life insurance over the phone ever. Wow. Um, you know what I mean? So, so like I use an example and one of them was selling health insurance for a couple of years before that. You know what I mean? So I use it as an example is like, we learned that when you have an abundance of people to talk to and you're not like, oh crap, I've got these 10, I've got to just squeeze as much as I possibly can out. You, you end up. Um, not getting upset with all these, you know, um, objections or hangups. You like, you don't mm -hmm. hold on to every lead as tight as possible. You know, like there's just so many things that you don't create bad habits. Like there's just so many things that happen because of a lack of volume, um, that it can really solve a lot of problems. Absolutely. It's, it is literally the most important thing. If you're going to do telesales, you can never run out of people to call. Mm. Gosh. Gosh, gosh, gosh. So good. Okay. What's number, what, what do you think? What do you think of the, one of the other options, uh, uh, leading reasons is, um, well, sales skills is, I mean, that's going to be my platform for everything. You, when you get someone on the phone, you better know what to do. Mm. Um, 
but really I think that a big, um, thing that I've noticed with agents is their inconsistency, um, as far as not treating this like a job, Preach. you need to show up every day for a consistent amount of hours and you cannot deviate. You know, if you're sick, fine. If you're on vacation, fine. Like that's all normal human stuff. But I've seen way too many agents show up for a couple of days, disappear for a week. And um, the inconsistency of your effort and your sales process and your time and, and all of that is ultimately going to contribute to big time failure, especially yeah. because if you're not selling enough to overcome the inevitable, which is the chargebacks, you're going to get a low persistency score. The carriers aren't going to be happy with you. And that's going to lead to failure too. Yes, it will. Mm, that's, I had a, I had a uh, so valuable. I had a, I had a manager tell me um, um, years ago that, um, gosh, he, I'm trying to remember exactly how he worded it, but pretty much that like the, the only reason, the most successful people in the world got there because they were consistent they were reliable, they were disciplined, and they just did not deviate for long periods of time. And that's that it. most people can't comprehend that or do that. You know, um, clearly you are that way or you wouldn't be where you're at. Without you know? fail, without yeah. fail. I show up every day without fail. Even when I'm on vacation, I still show up for my team. Yeah. I, I, um, I actually, here, here, here's what I was thinking about. I had also had a manager mention like years ago. He's like, dude, you, you've got a cold or a cough or something. He's like, you'll probably do even better on the phones because people feel sorry for you. you know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, but I like where he's going because he's like, he just wants me to show up anyway, you know? That's uh, great. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It yeah. is. I've, I have a recording in, in our call, sales call library of me with the cold, totally congested and uh, still showed up and got it done. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, how important is tonality in telesales? Well, that should be a very obvious answer. Tonality is everything. I mean, that that's part of a sales skill, right? Yeah. When I say sales skills, it was going to determine your success. Tonality is just one piece of that. Mm -hmm. um, the way that you say something, whether it's with a, a high tone or a low tone or a curious tone, even the way you emphasize certain words can determine the way that that sentence is received by your customer. Like, even if you just say the, the word, do you like that? If I were to say, Cody, do you like that? You're going to hear the word you. Mm -hmm. But what if I said, do you like that? Now you're going to hear like. Mm. Or if I said, Cody, do you like that? Ah. Now you're looking at the that. So I just said the same sentence three different times, emphasizing three different words, and you can interpret that three different ways. It's very powerful. Tonality and emphasis of words can completely change how your customer is hearing you. It's so powerful. You've probably got to the point now where a lot of this is scripted and a lot of your you know, people are following a lot of the same processes and patterns because you guys have just seen what works over the years. Well, we have a script. Yeah. It's, it's built into our system. It's the foundation for all of our conversations. And then the coaching, we just build upon that script. I coach people how to use it because it's only going to get you so far before you're going to start getting situations that aren't scripted, right? You have to just instinctively know how to listen to someone's answers and think, hmm, 
do I need to understand more about what that person just said? Or do I just say, okay, and move on to the next question? <laughs> right? That's where the coaching comes in because you have to learn how to use the script. That's why I don't give away my script, to be honest, because it's going to do people no good without learning how to use it. Mm. Powerful. What was your, um, what, if you look back on your personal um, production, sales, et cetera, like well, if you had, if you know, if you had to brag on yourself for a second, like what's some of the success that you had in telesales looking back in life insurance? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think it's a pretty cool fact that in my first year, um, I did about 300,000 in personal production and, you know, the first two months I was only calling leads that were six months to two years old. Wow. I was literally just trying to figure it out. And I was given a hand-me-down script from the field agents that really did not translate well over the Ooh. phone. I hadn't even created my own script yet. And then the last three months of the year, I really started to take a big step back into less of a sales agent and more of a leadership position. So I really think had I, you know, if I started the year all over, knowing what I know now, I could probably knock out double that. Wow. So probably about 600K. That's a big I number. I definitely think I could do that. I believe you. I wouldn't challenge you otherwise. I can tell you that. Right? <laughs> uh, that's cool. I mean, that I, that's a, uh, I'm thinking about it. Okay. So like, here's how to work age leads, have no clue what you're doing, use a terrible script and still sell 300 grand. You know, there's no difference <laughs> between an age lead, by the way, and a new lead. They're all the same. I had an agent, um, tell me the same thing last week. Cause it's funny. Um, um, she does telesales and she loves them. And then another agent got access to them and I saw them texting somebody else. Yeah, but these age leads are terrible, but, but they hadn't even called them yet, you know? <laughs> and you're right. Like good agents can talk to people who have just replied a few months ago, a few, whatever, and still find a ton of success. I think honestly, sometimes, and you've probably heard this before, and I know I've heard you say this before. Sometimes age leads are even better because they're not being hammered by yes. everyone and their mother in that moment. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. So yeah, so good. That That's uh, we're, we're knocking out a lot of uh, agent limiting beliefs today. You're going to be like, good. Yes. <laughs> they right. need to get out of their own way and start looking in the mirror. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Uh, if they want to keep learning from you and following you and watching you, what would the best way to do that? And what would you, what would you like to send and what would you like to share? I would definitely have them start at YouTube, um, which they can just find me at Final Expense Telesales. I got that. Um, that's the handle for YouTube as Brilliant. well as Instagram. But YouTube is where I have more of my long form sales training content. There's over 100 videos on there. And then um, Instagram, which is the same handle at Final Expense Telesales is just more short stuff. Um, there are some like sales, um, trainings on there in form of like a carousel. And then I post weekly sales numbers and just, that's more of me. That's more of my personal side. Yeah. Well, Dana, you are a rock star, phenomenal trainer. And I truly appreciate you spending your time. I've been wanting to interview you for years. So I'm so, so excited for today. And Thanks. I appreciate you being on the power player podcast. What is there anything that we have not mentioned, or you would like to close us out with or say before we go? Hmm. I wish I had something powerful to share. Um, but if I could leave with one piece of advice for anyone that might be struggling, it would be figure out a way to take charge of your sales process. If you are winging it every mm -hmm. time you get on the phone with someone, that should be a red flag 
Um, if your sales process isn't surgical, like if you do not have a plan of attack, every time you get on the phone and someone says hello, that should be a sign that you need to take control of your sales process. And that by itself will change your life. Gosh, you said you were going to say anything powerful. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> your process must be surgical. Must so be good. surgical. They're not going in. They're not going in to perform surgery. Like, you know what? Should we cut them here? Nah, I don't know. Maybe we should cut them here. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Where should, you know, what do you think? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And if, yeah, if, that, if your sales process isn't that way, then you need to figure out a way to get there. Boom. I love it. Dana Neeson, tailored legacy, final expense, telesales on YouTube and IG. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, Cody. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this CA Power Player podcast. Go check out Dana, everything she's doing, and we will see you on the next episode. Adios. 